Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Jerusalem, oh, I can recall the first time I laid eyes upon your golden wall. Jerusalem, your very name brings the images of my year with you rushing back again. Jerusalem, your precious stone tells the story of the ages that man has known. Jerusalem, with each step I take, brings me closer to the one I knew and lets me see my heritage. From King David's tomb up to hearts of feet, back to the core.
J.M. in the A.M. Oh, yeah, there you have it. Uh, Nochi Kronban with Tzaddik here on a, a Thursday morning. Before that, Safam with Jerusalem. Yala Mashiach done by Piamenta. Kela Don, Rabbi Lenny Oppenheimer. Dudu Fisher with Imesh Gachech and Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Speaking of Imesh Gachech, don't forget our Yom Yerushalayim special comes up on Wednesday right here at J.M. in the A.M. Looking forward to an amazing three hours of Jerusalem this coming Wednesday morning. Make sure to be tuned in. Mayor Weingarten, of course, will join me live in studio. It's Thursday on this May 22nd, the 22nd of ER. It's day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Day number 37. That would be what? uh, Five weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Five weeks and two days. In the counting of the Omer. Never thought I'd pay this careful attention to the Lehigh Valley weather forecast. <laughs> Today's the big road trip, Jewish Heritage Night, the uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs against the uh, Toledo Mud Hens, Lenny Solomon Schlock Rocket concert. The weather's starting to spook us a bit, though. Uh, I'd have to assume that they're going through with the game unless there's a steady rain at that time. It's it's sort of like 40%, it looks like, around game time. So I think we'll give it a shot and uh, try to get out there and enjoy the festivities. 62 degrees right here, expecting scattered thunderstorms through today with a high temperature of 66. Thunderstorms early tonight, low 88, low, low 58 rather. <laughs> Low 58. And tomorrow, showers with a high temperature Friday, 68 degrees. Right now, we are at um, 79 in Yerushalayim, 62 degrees here in Jersey City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, there's an effort to get an Israeli spacecraft on the moon in the next year. In the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to explore that with uh, some folks who are going to be featured at the Celebrate Israel Parade on June the 1st. And then Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is expected to join us here at JM in the AM. He's, of course, now with the Center for the Jewish Future up at Yeshiva University. Speak with him coming up at JM in the AM. Plenty happening, including, don't forget, next week the brand-new Nachum Siegel Network app is going to be introduced. You'll have even more of an opportunity to tune in all day long and really do some cool stuff with our brand-new app. And <clears throat> We'll have that info for you. Uh, obviously, as we get closer and closer to the uh, official date, which is Yom Yerushalayim, this coming Wednesday right here at JM in the AM. 6.32, 28 minutes before 7 o'clock, we say good morning. From 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmintheam.org.
Today she was sitting on the street Sorrow in her eyes, a tin can at her feet Holes in her stockings and holes in her shoes She's that old beggar woman, no stranger to bad news
JM in the AM with Avramel. That's Avram Freed. Bench off of the CD Amachaya. The Breslov Bar Band before that with the Debka Medley. Yancha Piamenta, as we wish her a for Shlema Tiasi Piamenta. That song especially made in light of these circumstances. Baruch Levine with Modim. You heard Mark Levine with Beggar Women off of Beggar Woman rather off of the Yes Legacy double CD. And Yaakov Shweki opened up the set with Tfilat Kala. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Galaitzal in the background, news coming up from Israel. Friends of Yachad presents Yachad Rocks, an evening of music and memories tonight. Connect with fellow Yachad alumni members and friends with the New York, New York Dueling Pianos. Uh, tonight, starting at uh, 7 p.m. at 509 West 34th Street in New York, yachad.org slash yachadrocks for uh, any information. Uh, hoping the weather holds up for the big uh, Iron Pigs Toledo Mud Hens Jewish Heritage Night game. <laughs> we are hoping. News from Israel coming up and plenty more here on a Thursday at JM in the AM, including amazing programming on our stream all day long. Make sure to keep it on jmintheam.org all through the day. You will not regret it, that I can tell you. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov on this 37th day in the counting of the Omer. הלך לעולמו העיתונאי אורי אליצור, עורך מקור ראשון, מדווח כתבנו עומר קדרון. אליצור היה מראשוני אנשי גוש אמונים בשנות ה-70 וממייסדי היישוב עופרה, בו התגורר עד מותו. בסוף שנות ה-80 החלה דרכו העיתונאית, תחילה בעיתון חדשות, ואחר כך בידיעות אחרונות. בשנת 2004 הצטרף למקור ראשון, בו השתלב בתפקידי עריכה בכירים, ובשנה האחרונה שימש כאורחו הראשי. אליצור זכה גם בפרס סוקולוב על תרומתו לעיתונות הישראלית. הלווייתו תצא היום בארבע וחצי מבית הכנסת בעופרה. מפקד המחוז הצפוני במשטרה, ניצב זוהר דביר, אומר שהנאשם בניסיון לחטוף אזרח ישראלי פעל לבדו ולא מטעם ארגון טרור. כתבנו קובי מנדל שמע אותו. לא מחובר לתשתית, לא מופעל בצורה כזאת או אחרת. מה שאנחנו מגדירים כמפגע הבודד, הספונטני, מחליט לעשות פעולה. תאונת דרכים בשומרון, חמישה בני אדם נפצעו, בהם שניים קשה ושלושה קל, בהתנגשות של רכב פלסטיני ברכב ישראלי סמוך לכפר עזון. הם פונו לקבלת טיפול רפואי בבתי חולים בישראל וברשות. 
נשיא איראן רוהני מתייחס בחיוב לאפשרות להגעה להסדר עם המערב. כתבתנו נעמה ארטשיק. רוחני המבקר בסין אמר, המשא ומתן עם שש המעצמות הגיע לנקודה קריטית, אך אי אפשר לצפות שהמחלוקות ייפתרו בכמה פגישות ספורות. יחד עם זאת, אנחנו לא פסימיים, יש זמן וניתן לעמוד בתאריך היעד להסכם קבע. לאחר החתימה על הסכם ביניים בחודש נובמבר, קבעו שש המעצמות תאריך יעד להסכם קבע לנטרול תוכנית הגרעין של איראן ממרכיביה הצבאיים ב-20 ביולי. הושלמה ההפיכה הצבאית בתאילנד, כתבנו רון כלף. רמטכ"ל צבא תאילנד הודיע שכוחות הצבא השתלטו על מוסדות הממשל בבנקוק, וציין כי רפורמות בשלטון הן הדרך היחידה להשלטת סדר. כמו כן, הודגש כי ההפיכה לא תביא לפגיעה ביחסים הבינלאומיים של תאילנד. הודעת הרמטכ"ל שודרה בטלוויזיה המקומית, לאחר פגישה שקיים עם גורמים פוליטיים בתאילנד בניסיון להביא לסיום חוסר היציבות בממלכה האסייתית, הסובלת ממשבר פוליטי חריף בחודשים האחרונים. משרד הפנים מודיע חוף זבולון בקריית ים אסור לרחצה עד להודעה חדשה בשל זיהום מי הים. מזג האוויר הלילה יהיה מעונן, מחר ללא שינוי ניכר בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת ענבל אלבז.
That is from the uh, video and audio, obviously, from the Rechnitz wedding back in February with the Iron Titlebaum Productions and uh, Benny Friedman and Shlemy Daskal and company here at JM and the AM. Before that, you heard the uh, Benny Friedman selection MS off of the Tamu CD. Uh, news from Israel included the... Um, Included the uh, news that the one-time editor, I believe he was editor of Makori Shon, Uri Elitzur, has passed away. And um, yet another legendary Gush Emunim name. Uh, who will be missed. J.M. and the A.M. on this day 37 in the counting of the Omer. It's five weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Later this hour, we are scheduled to speak with uh, representatives from Space I.L. Space I.L. is a group that's trying to land the first Israeli spacecraft on the moon. They're actually doing a fundraising campaign for it. And from what we're told, they're being featured at the big Celebrate Israel parade coming up next week. So we'll do that in the 7 o'clock hour. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is scheduled for the 8 o'clock hour here at JM. The AM. Reminder, tomorrow it is a time for our weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in when Malcolm Holmline joins me to discuss the events of this week. We have a full day on the stream at jmtheam.org, and I want to remind everybody that right after the live lunch today, live lunch ends at 1 o'clock Eastern time, right after the live lunch today, Daniel Gordon has an exciting edition of the Stunt Show. He is joined by two of Yeshiva University's newsmaking coaches, Coach Ira Miller of the Yeshiva men's tennis team and YU's first-ever NCAA tournament team, and the newly appointed coach of the Yeshiva men's basketball team, Elliot Steinmetz. It's all happening between 1 and 2 o'clock today. Daniel Gordon will speak to both of them. On jmtheam.org, make sure you are tuned in. Special shout-out to our friends down in Florida as Yeshiva Taurus Chaim Taurus MS gets ready for their 10th annual Chinese auction. It'll be at the Highland Lake Shul on Northeast 209th Street in Aventura this coming Sunday night. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends at Caring Professionals. They're based in New York, a New York Department of Health licensed home care service agency in Brooklyn, Queens, Farakway, and the five towns, it's caring professionals. But they, again, even though they're all these miles away from Florida, again, they are one of the uh, major backbones of support for the uh, Taurus Chaim Taurus MS auction, which I know has always makes an impact up here, even though it's down in uh, Florida. Grand prize this year is $10,000 in cash or tuition. I believe their early bird special ends today. So anybody who wants information, ytcteam.org slash auction ytcteam.org slash auction for information they got good prizes they put together a good auction I'll tell you that much JM in the AM at 17 minutes after 7 o'clock thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM 90.1 FM in the Catskills Rockland County at 91 Point nine on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
Shlomo Simcha off of the Fusion album with uh, Simon Tov. You heard you throw a wordiger. And Achenu, uh, JM in the AM. My name is Nachum Siegel. Good morning, all. 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. Plenty of great programming on our stream all day long here at jmintheam.org, including Miriam L. Wallach, who is going to present That's Life this morning, beginning at 10 a.m. She'll speak with Israeli chocolatier Ika Cohen. She recently won the International Chocolate Awards gold medal. With her Zatar chocolate. Unbelievable. Also, the 9-11 Museum in Lower Manhattan opened and people were outraged by the gift shop, the elaborate museum opening party, and the new restaurant that's on the premises. Discussing the controversy and how we mourn will be Zahava Farbman, Associate Director of the High Lifeline Crisis Intervention Trauma and Bereavement Department. She's also a mental health responder for Hatsala in the Five Towns in Far Rockaway and a consultant for crisis and bereavement with Achiezer. And finally, it's National EMS Week. Uh, NSN host and Hatzalah member Michael Fragan will talk about Hatzalah's role in communities, how they work together with law enforcement officials. All that's happening between 10 and 11 this morning before the live lunch on a program called That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach on jmandtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. 
JM in the AM with a special Mazel Tov to all the Yeshiva College and Stern College and Sai Sim School graduates who are getting ready for today's big celebration. Graduation is today. To all the Yeshiva University graduates who are graduating today, we say Mazel Tov. I want to give a special shout out to Yael, Yael Lassen Framowitz, who is uh, on her way up to graduation, I am told. One time intern for the Nahum Siegel Network. So we wish her a Mazel Tov and to the thousands of other graduates, we say Mazel Tov as well from all of us here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Svira Sa'omer. The Chinuch writes that one of the reasons for Svira is to demonstrate our great desire and our thirst to receive the Torah. The question arises, why did Bnei Israel have to wait 50 days before they could receive the Torah? We learn that when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, they witnessed visions and revelations that even the greatest Navi, the greatest prophet, never saw. As Rashi states, Hashem revealed Himself to them and they could point to Him with their finger. Similarly, the Medrash comments, how great were the people of the generation who descended into the sea. They could point with their fingers to Hashem declaring, This is my Hashem and I will build Him a sanctuary. Moshe Rabbeinu Himself pleaded, Show me your glory. Yet Hashem responded, You shall see my back but my face may not be seen. Even the angels that carry the Kisya covered do not see the image of Hashem. If so, it would seem that there could be no more appropriate time and place than at this moment when the Jewish nation attained such an exalted level that they would be able to receive the Torah. Why was there a delay of 50 days before receiving the Torah, Matan Torah? Hagoyen Rav Chaim Shmuel Levitz notes that there is no doubt that the simplest person, the handmaiden in Klal Yisrael, saw a vision on the sea that even the Novi Yechesko, the prophet, never saw in his lifetime. Why don't we find then that any members of that generation became Nevi'im in their own right? Why is it that no one else was elevated to such a prominent position to merit Nevoah? Reb Chaim continues to explain that the Nevi'im of Klal Yisrael attained their lofty level with a lot of intense work and serious effort in the practice of Avodos Hashem. They were able to transform their essence and achieve that elevated level of spiritual existence. However, those who stood at the edge of the Yamsuf after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, they merited the elevation of Hashem in a different way. There wasn't any personal struggle, no exertion on their part that made them worthy of this vision. Such an occurrence, in of itself, does not modify the essence of the individual. In fact, the person may remain completely unchanged. For that reason, Hashem waited seven weeks before giving the Jewish nation the Torah. He wanted to allow Bnei Yisrael the needed time to change their essence so they could be appropriately prepared to sincerely accept the Torah. Sphira comes from the Lashon, the language of Sapir, or Sapphire. These weeks are here for us to undergo a transformation, to enlighten our lives, and to shine with brilliance like the Sapphire. 
This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Yesterday, uh, Jacob Kornblue was here. He's a City Hall reporter and uh, somebody who's uh, following the Jewish news um, and uh, items pertaining to the Jewish community very, very closely, as you heard uh, yesterday on the air. And uh, one of the one of the episodes or one of the uh, things we spoke about in regard to the topic of uh, Mayor de Blasio and his uh, um, uh, most recent ignoring of the Jewish community and Jewish leadership uh, at different events and um, meetings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, was this uh, episode that I cited when I was shocked he wasn't at the Kojo Flatbush get-together in the month of March. And Leon Goldenberg, who's well-known to this audience, was uh, the person who was cited during that conversation in terms of being in touch with the mayor, etc. And Leon asked if he can go on and just uh, clear things up regarding that event and get his perspective, which obviously is a first-hand perspective of what happened uh, during that period of time. Leon Goldenberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much for having me, Nachum, once more. A uh, pleasure. Surprisingly, I'm not here about Shalom Torah Center. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure they're having a banner school year so far. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so tell us what happened and give us your uh, point of view about all this. First off, some of the stuff that happened became very public because my emails were published in the Daily News. Right. That's what we said. And you could see clearly in, in the emails that were there uh, that I asked the, the mayor because it wasn't, there were, there were mix-ups, there were miscommunications of whether he was going to come originally or not. Uh, it seemed to some of the people that work in the organization that he definitely was coming. And then we heard the week before that he wasn't coming. And right. that's when I sent my email. And so I think one thing that's critical to understand everybody to really understand is that unlike the past administration where promises were made before his election once he was re-elected for his third term there was no access to him there was no access there were no meetings with him okay one thing is very clear from my communications that were printed in the paper and i won't go through other communications that i have with him is that i sent him an email and he responded that wasn't from his uh you know, his staff. That was a response from his personal email. Yeah, but... And he says clearly right. that he can't make it. Right. His schedule, is, his schedule is every Sunday morning he goes to a different church. Right, but that, but that email was sent when? Thursday night before. And so you knew Thursday night before, so why Sunday morning is... Because is, are then, there, then there were people at Kojo that called other people to try to force it right. and make him come. And, and if, in fact, that's his schedule every Sunday morning, does that mean there will be no Jewish event on a Sunday morning that he'll ever attend? No, I don't believe that. I believe that with time that will change also. Okay. Okay? You have to realize you have a new administration that at that time was in office for two and a half months. Right. Uh, has not finished, even as of today, has not finished making, getting all of its commissioners in place. Right. But there has been clear access issues uh, that are important to our community, which, uh, I mean, just one of the things that, that was promised to us by the last administration was the busing, getting, taking care of the busing issues. We had to go up to Albany, and under the leadership in the Senate of Simcha Felder and Marty Golden, and in, and in the Assembly, uh, headed by Helene Weinstein, Michael Simonowitz, and, and uh, Yaakov Goldfeder. And, uh, speak up, speak up a drop, Leon, yeah? forced through on the city, the busing, which this year was amended again right. on that level. Right. Okay. But there is 
clear access. There is clear communications going on. Right. Leon Goldberg is with us. But see, my point was, and forget about my guest yesterday for a moment, the point I was making, because I know a little bit about the Brooklyn Jewish community and New York City for the last 30 years, and the point I was making was somebody, forget the prior administrations, somebody who cut his political teeth in Borough Park and Flatbush, who served as a councilman and knows the entire lingo and routine, as I like to say, for, for someone like that of that background to become mayor and two months later miss the first Kojo of Flatbush breakfast, put it all together, Leon, it's a big slap in the face. I don't see it that way. And what I say is watch him over the next several years and see what he does to help our community. He has clear understanding of the needs of our community, uh, whether it's the special needs, whether it's the uh, priority five and the priority seven, and uh, many, many other issues that are really, really critical to our community. What about the rumors that uh, different major Jewish organizations are trying to have a sit-down meeting with him and they they never materialize? Um, I, I cannot specifically speak to that. There have been meetings. Okay. There have been meetings. I got to take your word for it, and obviously, I think on this topic, you know a lot more than most other people. But I will tell you that the reaction from yesterday is that ninety-nine percent of the people agreed with what was said. Because the the Kojo got blown out of all proportion, it really did. You mean that one episode got blown? One episode, and that 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 you know hit all the blogs, it hit all the papers, it right. hit everywhere. Even I don't usually comment on this stuff, and I took it personally. Right. But I, I will tell you that the relationship, and it's not just myself; it's other people. Called him, and I remember I was in somebody's office, and my cell phone rings, and I answered by mistake. I it was answered on on the uh, on uh, on speaker. Right. I hit the wrong button. You know when I when I took it out of my holster. Right. <laughs> and you could hear clearly saying, uh, "Leon, this is Bill." I quickly shot it down, but everybody that was sitting there hurt. Hurt. He's personally returning calls. Right. There is tremendous communications that are going on at the highest levels with his top people, with him, and not just with me, with the people that are working on the issues that are important to our community. And we're not going to get everything resolved, period. We'd like to think that you call an Oscar and then suddenly everything is taken care of. So I will tell clearly to your audience that not everything that's on our wish list. Yeah, I don't think anybody expects that. You'd be surprised. Do you think he'll be at the Celebrate Israel Parade? I think he'll be at the Israel Celebrate. You saw what he went through with APAC, and he stood firm. He stood firm on APAC. He, the left wing, the, I hate to say it, a lot of the Jewish left wing came attacking him, including Liz Kruger on, you know, on the Upper West Side, came attacking him for his stand on, on Israel and speaking to APAC and saying that his doors will be open to APAC. And, and he was attacked by his base. Yeah, that's true. That is and true. And he stood up because he believes in these things. And he believes and he understands our community better than any mayor in the last number of years. Right. That's and I don't mean just 12 years. I, I think, like by the way, for that reason, what you just said is I think why so many people took that personally. But I say just one thing. Let's watch him. Let's give him a year or two. And let's see what he does to the community. And then if you have an issue, then you have a right to say it. You have a, a brand new, it's a changeover of, of uh, policy and everything, and I'm not saying that we agree with all policies that come, are coming forward, but let's see what happens with him and our community over the next 12 to 18 months, and then, and then readdress 
whether he showed up at a Kojo breakfast, whether that was a slap in the face, whether that was such a critical issue to our community, or delivering on the issues that really are important to our community. All right. I thank you very, very much. I thank you very much for this opportunity. And uh, I look forward to coming back about Shalom, Hazinu, and a list of other things. <laughs> you know it. And Leon Goldenberg with comments about what we spoke about yesterday on the air in regard to the current administration in New York. It's Thursday on day 37 in the counting of the Omer at JM and the AM. More coming up if you keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. This is jmtheam.org.
JM in the AM with Sholy Waldner, a, C, a selection entitled Morun here at JM in the AM. Well, many of you might have already heard the news that there is a, uh, an effort, an organization, an organized effort, maybe that's the best way to put it, to um, land the first Israeli spacecraft on the moon. It is being coordinated by a group called Space IL, and the director of business development for Space IL is Daniel Sat, who is uh, with us live from Israel here on a Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the program. Nice to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you all. Where are you in Israel? What city? Uh, Our headquarters are based in Tel Aviv. It's a beautiful, sunny afternoon. (laughs) <laughs> that I can imagine. Um, is that the center? Uh, is is that the Houston or Mission Control of Israel? Is it somewhere near Tel Aviv, or would it be somewhere else in the state? The Mission Control will be in the Israeli Aerospace Industries Space Factory in Yehud by the airport. Unbelievable! Uh, why is it so important to land a first Israeli spacecraft on the moon? Of course, it's. First of all, we're competing in an international competition called the Google Lunar X Prize. Right. Uh, it's an international race to the moon. Uh, we are the first, we are the only Israeli team, and we're also the only team uh, in the competition that's uh, a nonprofit. We're an educational nonprofit using our whole process and the spacecraft itself to inspire and educate kids all over Israel, and we hope the world to be excited about engineering and technology and science. Uh, so that they'll build even more amazing things uh, in in Israel and around the world. How many teams are there in this competition? We started as 33 teams uh, when the the registration finished in 2010, and today there's 18 teams left. It's a really hard race. And, you know, excuse my ignorance, there's a limit to what I know about space travel and rockets and science and all that, so bear with me for a minute, if you will. Uh, obviously, no obviously, spacecrafts have left planet Earth and have gotten to the moon before, correct? That's correct, yes. So what's you, And I assume that, that the people who built those could again build new ones and do the very same thing. What's unique about this in 2014? Yeah, what's unique here is that we are a private, uh, non-governmental organization. Until now, only empires have managed to land anything on on the moon. Uh, China, most recently, uh, the Russia or the Soviet Union, and the U.S. Uh, Space IL, we're trying to show the world that for a comparatively tiny budget, a uh, private team, a uh, nonprofit organization uh, can break the gas glass ceiling in what's considered possible in space exploration. Uh, we're going to show the world that uh, anybody could explore outer space and thus have access to amazing new technologies and innovations that really better humanity here on Earth. So it's about democratizing space travel. Daniel Sat is with us from Israel, Director of Business Development for Space IL. Israel is uh, trying to become the first, or his group, I should say, in Israel, the first to land an Israeli spacecraft on the moon. It sounds like whether you're first or not, you're going to continue the effort to get an Israeli spacecraft on the moon. Is that accurate? 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, at this point, our mission has become a national movement. We have hundreds of volunteers and dozens of full-time staff and thousands of supporters all over Israel and all over the world. We hope all of you will join us, too. Um, and whether we win the competition or not, at, uh, the, the, the prize for the competition is really dessert. We are uh, going to pursue this mission fully, and when we land, it will be a new moment in Israeli history that we hope everyone watching around the world will be proud of and inspired by. Have you, uh, have you been sitting around the boardroom discussing what unique elements or objects might be on that Israeli spacecraft? After all, it's coming from Israel to the moon. Yes, we have discussed uh, some fun ideas. First of all, if you like us on Facebook, we'll take all of your profile images with us on a nano uh, <laughs> on a nano computer chip. You could say we'll you bringing <laughs> some fun scientific experiments, very small experiments with us, and our our uh, computer systems will be loaded with um, amazing messages that people have been submitting as part of our campaign. Right now we're running an Indiegogo campaign where for $18 you can send a message to the moon, a 140-character tweet, if you will, and we'll be loading those on our spacecraft and bringing them with us uh, on our mission, and they'll stay there on the moon uh, sort of as a, a memento for, for, for history. So you're, you're a former, you're, you're, at one time you're from the United, you're from the United States, so, so you know the routine, you know, you're going to Israel, can you take some mail? So in this case, you're going to the moon, can you take some mail with you, huh? Exactly, <laughs> virtual mail. Right. Uh, we can't. We we are the smallest and smartest spacecraft to ever land on the moon, and and part of the reason why why that's the case is we're very careful about the mass that we bring. It has to be very very light. Uh, sending a spacecraft to outer space is a lot like sending a FedEx package. The bigger and more complex you are, the more expensive it will be. <laughs> So we're happy to take data and other uh, virtual goods with us, uh, including everybody's messages from all over the world. What will be the final size, uh, height, and weight of the spacecraft? The size will be much like the, uh, an American dishwasher on legs, about 280 pounds total. Uh, that's it. <laughs> and how does it get to the moon? Gets the moon with a combination of forces. First, we'll be launching on a commercial launcher. Um, a big, big commercial launcher that's carrying something like a four-ton satellite on it. We're going to hitch a ride. It's called <laughs> piggybacking. When we leave Earth's atmosphere from the launcher, we'll separate from that, and we'll have a propulsion system on the spacecraft, and from there we will fly 200, 200 to 240,000 miles on our own to the moon. Unbelievable. The whole thing's incredible. And that launcher will be in Israel. It's not like you're taking it outside the country to launch it, right? Unfortunately, Israel doesn't have the launch capacity to get us to a high enough Earth, uh, high enough orbit from Earth. So where will so it we, be? We'll have to launch from the U.S. or Russia or France. We'll we'll, we'll know soon, but uh, Israel can't get us high enough, so we have to launch from another country. Those countries should bid for the right to launch you guys. <laughs> we think so too. <laughs> I can imagine. So, and 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 how are you being featured at the Celebrate Israel Parade? Are you are you using that platform, the big parade with a hundred thousand people in New York, to just spread the word and try to raise as much money as possible? Well, we're we're coming to New York all of next week. We're going to be uh, on the ground presenting at many of the Jewish day schools in the region, telling our story to the kids. 
in the evenings on May 28th and 29th, we have really fun events set up. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll see all the details you need. You need. And then on June 1st, we're going to be uh, co-headlining the Celebrate Israel Parade, where a model of our spacecraft will be on a fun float, and we'll have really special prizes and gifts for everybody. Uh, and it's all about telling the story and having people all over New York sharing our mission. We want as many people uh, from the New York region to, to join us, to be a part of history and join us on our journey to the moon. Say, so if you see something on Fifth Avenue that looks like a dishwasher, that's you guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, how do people... A blue and white dishwasher. A blue and white dishwasher. How do people support the effort? If they want to see Space IL accomplish its goal of getting the first Israeli spacecraft on the moon, how do people go ahead and support this effort? We have a live campaign running right now on Indiegogo.com. You can find all the details at SpaceIL.com uh, and... Folks can join our mission. We're running a campaign. For $18, you can send your own message to the moon, <laughs> and we'll also send you a virtual ticket to the moon with your name on it, and you can print it out and put it on your wall. And we have a lot of other fun perks, T-shirts and official polo shirts, and you can put your name on the spacecraft. It's really about people's participation. We have most of the funds we need, it's, but at this point, we want everybody to take the spacecraft to be their spacecraft, too. Unbelievable. Um, what are, what are some of the other cool items when people get into the higher categories? Is there anything, uh, you know, extra special? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have one perk where, where folks will, will inscribe your name on the spacecraft and send you a beautiful uh, commemorative plaque. Ooh. And for one really special person, they can they can join us in our control room during the launch and landing. Oh, uh, my we'll have gosh. one special seat for somebody who steps forward and, and supports us uh uh, to, to join us in the control room. What's the total on that one? How, how much does somebody have to give over to you guys for that one? <laughs> that's a $100,000 seat. Oh, that's a great one. I love it. By the way, I like the plaque idea. It reminds me of the old joke where the spacecraft can't get off the ground because there are too many plaques when it comes to a Jewish spacecraft. Yes, exactly. From the, from the Aliyah, <laughs> the first Aliyot. Right. Uh, there was the joke that the plaques would weigh down the plane. <laughs> uh, for us, we're not putting plaques on the spacecraft. We're engraving your name, and it will actually help us reduce the mass of the spacecraft. So the more names we get, the lighter the spacecraft will be, and the faster we can fly to the moon. You know the impact and the... Um uh, just the the inspiration that Ilan Ramon of Blessed Memory gave the state of Israel and Jewish people around the world, and even even beyond that, people who weren't necessarily Jewish, it was amazing what he what he was able to do in those few hours of uh, video that we have uh, from his mission. Yes, um, right. It, it sounds from the way you're describing it that the especially the youth in Israel are getting into this project and feeling like it's their own. They're, they're also gaining some national pride, Jewish pride, inspiration from the whole thing. Is that, is, that a, an Absolutely. Un, is that an unexpected byproduct of this project? Not unexpected at all. It's all according to plan. Um, many of all of our engineers were studying and growing up during the time of Ilan Ramon's mission, and many of them continued to pursue engineering and science in his legacy. Um, and when we launched the project, we decided to form as an educational nonprofit so that we can share the spacecraft's journey and the science and the innovation behind our mission with kids in classrooms all over Israel and now all over the Jewish world. We want to inspire kids to see science and innovation in a cool and new way um, and to become uh, engineers and scientists or at least to build their dreams into reality like what we're doing. Is it possible? You know, when 
kids when kids were growing up in the U.S. during the Apollo missions, we call this the Apollo effect. Um, right. They saw not just Johnny Carson and the Beatles on their television, but they saw scientists and engineers and astronauts, and they wanted to become engineers. Uh, and it spurred a huge wave of science and innovation in the U.S. Um, and we want to do the same thing in a blue and white 21st century way. Oh, no question about it. As kids, we recall, you know, watching with tremendous anticipation every movement of any spacecraft uh, that was either going up or down. Um, right. Is there a possibility that part of this uh, mission will be named for Elon Ramon or, or memori- that, that you'll use this opportunity to memorialize him at all? Absol- absolutely. Uh, First of all, we work closely with the Ramon Foundation. They do amazing educational work here in Israel. And Rona Ramon, who is an amazing ambassador for science and technology education in Israel, is a close supporter, and we're proud to have her on our advisory board. Um, and, and I expect as we progress and approach our launch and landing that these themes will only continue to, um, to thrive. Unbelievable. Can you imagine if you name it like Elon 1 or something like that? That would be incredible. Of course. Um, uh, uh, Will there be any living being or object on this spacecraft? um, Not at the moment. It's an unmanned robotic spacecraft. Uh, Sending a robot to the moon is a lot cheaper and easier (laughs) than sending a human. Uh, We can accomplish a lot of the same goals, like moving and doing interesting maneuvers, sending back data and videos. Um, We'll be able to do a lot of cool stuff with our spacecraft. There's a small chance that we might take some living matter with us. We'll we'll know more and we'll have something to say about that in in the next few months, so stay tuned. Right. Well, if you send a plant or anything, try to send an orchid. I hear the people on the moon really love those. You know, it would go very okay, nice. We'll keep that in mind. <laughs> go very nicely up there. All right. Uh, they'll be at the Celebrate Israel Parade. Look for the Space IL float as they uh, try to land the first Israeli spacecraft on the moon. And as um, Daniel Sat uh, uh, outlined for us, everybody around the world can participate in the fundraising effort. I think what you said earlier would be the easiest way. Simply go to the Space IL website. Yeah, spaceil.com, and you'll see our campaign running uh, right there on the homepage. Go watch our video, and, and we hope you'll be inspired, and we hope everyone will join our mission. Uh, we want as many people with us as possible so that uh, we can create all the impact that we envision. I'm sure this goes without saying, but uh, I would bet that there will be a live webcam so that everybody around the world could see this spacecraft go up on the day uh, when it's finally scheduled. So uh, I can tell you right now, I can think of many, many people that I know, uh, friends, family, and otherwise, that will be glued to their computers watching this amazing accomplishment. (laughs) Google will be actually live uh, videocasting the launch and landing on Google.com. So when we launch and land, you'll see it on the Google Doodle for that day. Unbelievable. Uh, Daniel Sat, thank you so much for checking in with us. Uh, Enjoy New York City. I hope a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot will, uh, will join the fundraising effort and to help Israel get to this uh, amazing next step when it comes to space travel. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and we look forward to seeing everybody in New York next week. Unbelievable. Uh, look for them at the Celebrate Israel Parade Space IL. If you go to their website, you can get information, and obviously we're encouraging everybody to support something that is going to go down as a uh, an amazing effort um, uh, for national pride and uh, Jewish pride and uh, uh, Israel, whether they are the first or not, 
They, w- they would like to see and uh, are working toward getting the first Israeli spacecraft on the moon, a really interesting and incredible project. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
A song that not many people realize is a uh, Shlomo Kalbach composition, Eilecha, that's uh, Yehuda Katz, brand new, just released that cover here at JMDM. Day 37 in the Counting of the Omer. Good morning, everybody. Hour number three of this amazing radio show. Don't forget our friends down in Florida, Yeshiva Torres Chaim, Torres MS, have their big auction coming up this coming Sunday. Lots of people in the New York area participate because they have a lot of... uh, Tremendous number of New Yorkers down there at the Yeshiva. Information about the... Oh, today's the final day for the early bird special, so take advantage. YTCteam.org slash auction. YTCteam.org slash auction. Also, a reminder, uh, today, right after our live lunch at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the stream, Daniel Gordon is going to be on between 1 and 2 o'clock, and two of Yeshiva University's newsmaking coaches are going to be joining him Coach Ira Miller, the coach of Yeshiva's men's tennis team and YU's first-ever NCAA tournament team. And Coach Elliot Steinmetz, the newly appointed coach of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. They're both going to be guests of Daniel Gordon between 1 and 2 o'clock today on our stream at jmnam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Well, I'm joined in studio by two of the uh, young superstar rabbis in this country. I don't know if they agree with me, but I tell it like it is sometimes. I don't know if Rabbi Glasser would say... You know, young? Am I still in that category? You'd agree that you're still a young superstar, right? Of course I'm young. <laughs> of 
Yanks. I'm young. <laughs> yeah, if I say I'm young, you can certainly say you're young. It's as simple as that. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is Associate Dean of CJF, the Center for the Jewish Future at Yeshiva University, and Dean of Univ- Associate Dean of University Life as well. Congratulations on your new position, and welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. It is great to be back. I appreciate that. I missed our uh, annual conversation regarding bungee jumping on Pesach, but all right, you know, maybe sometime in the future. Who knows? That's right. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to get YU to get into the amusement park business. Really? We'll see. We'll see what happens. You want to see them? There are tickets. so many academic <laughs> possibilities. You know, we have to... a lot you could learn in that amusement park <laughs> experience. Huh? Absolutely. Rabbi, little by little. Rabbi Ari Sittner is here. <laughs> Director of Community Initiatives at the Center for the Jewish Future. A pleasure to welcome you here as well. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Another uh, a wonderful young superstar rabbi uh, here at JMNAM. And we are joined, assuming this is him via telephone, we're joined by Rob Shore, who's director of YU Torah and directs marketing and communications for the Center for the Jewish Future. Rob, are you there? Good morning, Nachum. Thanks for having us. Pleasure, a pleasure to speak with you, and welcome to JM in the AM. So we have an amazing team here this morning. We'll start with Rabbi Glasser, whose uh, appointment to the Center for the Jewish Future took place in February, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And um, tell me your thoughts as you went uh, uh, up to Yeshiva University and were offered this position at what is called the Center for the Jewish Future. It's my pleasure. Nachum, you know, I spent the last 15 years devoted to inspiring Jewish youth across the spectrum of affiliation from public school kids to yeshiva kids. But it was always a dream to find a way to bring that passion and that enthusiasm and that opportunity to see the magic and the passion for Yiddishkeit uh, broader than just the teen population into the Jewish community at large. And so when Rabbi Brander approached me, and uh, suggested the opportunity to get involved in the leadership of the Center for the Jewish Future, it was really an extraordinary opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Certainly a a challenge to transition from something I've been part of for so long. But the truth is, it's really an extension of what uh, I feel that I've devoted my life to, which is trying to get out into the Jewish community and inspire people to see how Yiddishkeit can become such a meaningful and core part of your life experience that the substance of Torah and the experience of Torah uh, really is at the core of what makes us who we are. And, you know, I spent 10 years at Yeshiva University as a student. Um, I have a number of degrees. My family is uh, YU through and through. In fact, I'll share with you, Nachum, you know, my parents, uh, after their own attendance at Yeshiva University, they were the dorm parents at Stern College. And while they were living in Brookdale Hall, they had a baby, and that baby was me, How as we say like in that? NCS1. <laughs> and uh, for the first two and a half years of my life, I lived in Brookdale Hall at Stern College. Holy cow! Scandal and alert! so literally, <laughs> I was born into the world of Yeshiva University, and it's always been... Um, at the forefront of our family's life. I and tried I, to get into Brookdale for months. It never yeah, happened. Nachum, you got to know. You got to have connections. You got to have prenatal connections, Nachum, if you want to. If you want to get in over there. When we would go to so, Brookdale, they say to the right, don't dare go to the left. That's right. That's right. That's right. The lounge is one thing, but you're not going to the elevators. That's right. So you know, between between my family and between my own experiences and all of my siblings, uh, the chance to come back to YU. You know, YU is really such an extraordinary place. What President Joel has built, uh, certainly in the last number of years, through his vision and through the transformation that's occurred there, uh, there's just no question that it is the ideological and spiritual center of the modern Orthodox community. And to be able to 
really take the resources of YU and all of the concentration of talent and capacity and people's sense of responsibility for the world at large or for the Jewish community at large and play a role in bringing that out to the larger Jewish people. Uh, that was just an, an extraordinary opportunity. To achieve the end that you described, you therefore spend a great deal of time with students and on campus, with students off campus, without students in other places off campus? What is your traditional method of trying to accomplish what you described? The answer to that question, Nachum, is yes. All of them. Um, the answer is yes. To build a stronger Jewish community, we need strong Jewish leaders. And that involves uh, servicing and helping the leaders that are out there in the field now to grow. And so we're involved in a broad spectrum of programs that service Rabbanim in the communities, that service Rebetzin in, in the communities, uh, some of the work that Rabbi Sittner's been doing with developing lay leaders in the communities. Uh, but most importantly, at Yeshiva University is the most vibrant and passionate group of future Jewish leaders of tomorrow, and that are the students of YU and Stern, who many are actually... Of, many of whom are graduating that's today. That's right, right, celebrating 600, I believe, are graduating right. uh, YU today, which is extremely exciting. And there are an array of programs and opportunities. Uh, many of them are going out uh, this Shavuos to join communities across North America to teach Torah and to bring uh, the world of passion and enthusiasm for Jewish life of Yeshiva University to communities all over. Um, on Sunday, I'm going to be with, uh, together with Eliza Abrams leading a group of students to Germany for a week. Uh, to connect to parts of our heritage. You're going to spend Yom Yerushalayim uh, in Germany? We're going to be in Germany. Wow. And uh, it's going to be an, an amazing and deep and incredible opportunity. How many students are on that journey? About, uh, I think about 17 are wow. coming with us. And uh, we're going to be able, we're going to be in Berlin for most of the week. And then we'll be in Leipzig for Shabbos and coming back right before Shavuos. Uh, which Rabbits and Glasser is very excited about. <laughs> right in time for the shul. So is the young Israel. They're That's happy right, the as young well. Israel, a tired uh, <laughs> but a, a enthusiastic rabbi with lots of stories. So, uh, but there's so many opportunities um, in terms of developing uh, the student leaders, the trips, the experiences. You know, it, it's we give funny them. because as, when Rabbi Brander's here and, and we discuss uh, CJF, so much about it are these journeys around the world, and I'm not minimizing them, they're, they're unbelievable, and the, just Shavuos is an example, uh, you probably have, I don't know what the exact number is, but probably 100 or 200, maybe even more, students who gather to find out where they're going for Shavuos with incredible enthusiasm, and you know, everyone's wondering what, where, what community they'll see this time around, all of it's amazing, but, but I don't want, you know, Often it gets stereotyped like that, like it's journeys around the world and it's, you know, concentrating on underprivileged kids in Israel and different things that happened during the summer. And we spoke about Germany, we spoke about Russia, all these places. Are there other components we need to know about or is that the centerpiece of what CJF is doing? CJF is, look, it's certainly a, uh, it's certainly a, um, a prime component of the type of transformative work for the students themselves. Right. Because when they go on a journey like that and they matter and they are able to really change the life of a underprivileged Israeli teen or somebody in one of these four off communities or even the energy you're talking about. I was in the room when the students found Isn't out where the they're going for Shavuos. <laughs> and you know what? You're taking a group of people 
and you are empowering them to teach Torah, to play a leadership role, whether these individuals end up in Chinuch or Rabbanus, or they end up as Balabatim and Shul presidents in these communities, you are empowering them to recognize that they have the capacity to make a difference, to teach, to move people, to inspire people, to motivate people. Right. The kid going to Oklahoma City for Shavuos is going to be the Balabas running your Shavuos night program five years from now. Correct. Simple and that's that. what we need in our community. Of course. We need leaders who recognize that awakening the sense of spirit and the sense of of responsibility, especially in a generation that is growing up with a lot of resources in some respects right. and somewhat of a sense of entitlement, to recognize that we have that responsibility to step forward, I think, is is a large part of it. And the and aside from the trips, the seminars, the the meetings, the special conferences that you described earlier, whether it's rabbis, lay leaders, Correct. presidents of shuls, rebbitsons, etc. Your work must be endless. It's, I mean, the, 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 it's extraordinary. And every one of more these, to do. every one of these programs, you know, when when Rabbi Sittner gathers a group of lay leaders from across the country and does training with them in fundraising and strategic planning and visioning, he then becomes their rebbe, their mentor in how to address communal issues. And we will receive, you know, all sorts of questions and and you know, search for strategy. And the truth is, every day I walk into work, and one of the most exciting aspects and. And this really is a credit to what Rabbi Brander has built as the CJF being the address for communities that are seeking to grow and seeking to expand and even just seeking to to introspect in terms of what their capacity is. The the phone will ring and you'll never know where the call is coming from. You know, just this in the past 48 hours, it was Denver. It was Memphis. We want to start a Colel. We want to start an, an after school learning program. What kind of resources can YU bring us? Are there students? Are there faculty? Are there Rashi Yeshiva? Are there Rabbeim? other materials that you could provide. It's really become, you know, a institution that is able to service so many layers and so many dimensions of Jewish life in terms of its creativity and in terms of its innovation. And, you know, the word that Rabbi Brandy uses a lot is incubation, right. uh, the ability to take an idea and, and allow it the freedom to fail and the freedom to succeed. And as a result, you have things that have really been deployed throughout the Jewish community that never would have seen the light of day. I mean, the notion that you focus on the Rebbitzins of our community as a constituency of leaders who play such a fundamental role in the fabric of our communities, and you gather them together under the leadership of Meira Davis, um, who's an extraordinary, creative, and unbelievable nurturing mentor and, and leader, and you gather them together for a few days to focus on the issues that they deal with, to give them a sense of chizuk and a sense of inspiration for the work that they do, and to allow them a voice uh, for the elements of the community that they're engaging, that are unique, uh, to be able to tackle those issues, to be able to engage our Russia Yeshiva, to be able to engage Rabbi Schachter, David Pelkovitz, Dr. Pelkovitz, and these leaders, President Joel, Rabbi Brander, these individuals that are able to provide for them guidance and direction. It, it's just, it's extraordinary. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is here, Rabbi Sittner is here as well, and we'll get to uh, Rob Shore, who's with us via, via telephone in just a couple of minutes. Rabbi Ari Sittner is Director of Community Initiatives up at CJF. So you're essentially reaching out to lay leaders around this country uh, who are looking for direction to do what they need to do best, which is fundraise, which is lead their congregations, I guess, right, their communities Correct. and congregations. I mean, that's a, I mean, not, 
it, it must be difficult to achieve your status as an expert in this area, right? <laughs> you learn a lot in the trenches. Uh, you know, for me, my byline is, you know, how did a boy from Muncie end up in Des Moines, Iowa, and then Charleston, Were South Carolina? Were you in Carolina. Des Moines? Five years in Des Moines. Holy Absolutely. cow. Absolutely. And so, then Charleston? Eight years in Charleston. Were you married at the time? Absolutely. I have two children that are Iowans, two that are South Carolinians. How'd the family adjust to all that? It was an incredible adjustment. It was wonderful because you get to step out of what the expectation is living in the tri-state area and get to think for yourself freely um, and develop your own family values based on what we believe, what our Masora is. Um, and I think my children are stronger because of it. Their, uh, their own identity, their belief system, um, and it really has, has given them a very strong core. If I went to Des Moines, what would I find? Would I find any uh, Shomer Shabbos families out there? You'd find a kosher deli. There's a kosher deli in Des Moines? There is a small Jewish Solves day school. Solves that problem if I'm in Iowa overnight. And, uh, and a wonderful <laughs> shul with a very nice history there's and a, a wonderful rabbi. There is. there is. And Charleston? Charleston as well. We've got great shuls, uh, great community. Is there a day school? There is a day school. They're in the process now of starting a, a brand new uh, capital campaign for a new building. Um, and solid, 150 or so students uh, up to eighth grade. Uh, See, just, I would think the role of lay leader in communities like that in some ways might be easier. If one's trying to fundraise in communities like that, where there's only one institution essentially that's central to Jewish education, it might be easier to approach people and explain that, you know, this is it, this is what we need to support, et cetera. Am I totally off thinking that? I think the biggest challenge in those communities is that much of the burden falls on a few shoulders. And from a, a lay leadership perspective, those few people are the ones who are getting the calls all day, That's all night. True. And the same people who are donating to support everything. are expected to support everything. Absolutely. So you advise people on how to expand that base. Correct. And so, for instance, for fundraising, we look at how to run small programs, um, ongoing annual programs, as well as major gift fundraising, bequests, endowments, things that can help with sustainability right. for the long-term future of the organizations. May I ask which communities you've worked with recently, or that would be information we No, can't... absolutely. We're very proud of our, our cohort. We just graduated a group in the Community Leadership Initiative. What which do you mean a, graduated a group? So we had a, a cohort of, uh, of 15 people. That <laughs> a we, ceremony? We, we do. We gave them uh, little uh, diplomas, little certificates. You're serious? Uh, we are. And we, uh, we had people from Columbus, Cleveland, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Des Moines, Kansas City, Chicago, Denver, just a wonderful group. We focused on the Midwest, right. and we're sort of looking at the country region by region, and we reached out to the organizations and said, why don't you partner with us? We'll bring some of the great resources and talent that Yeshiva University, as an educational institution, can provide from some of our great faculty and staff, and you'll provide some of the up-and-coming lay leaders. Not the ones who have been president for 10 years, but the ones who are looking to be. Maybe they're right. successful in their professional careers. Or those who are not looking to be, but we're trying to encourage them to take exactly. on the role. They have the ability. They just need a little bit of nurturing. Right. Fan those, those flames a little bit, and we can hopefully ignite a very strong lay leader. So right now, if there's somebody listening in one of these communities with fledgling schools and shuls and wondering if they can have any future stability, sustainability, etc., you're the place to call. As Rabbi Glasser said, we get calls day and night from people, and we're only too happy to reach out, to listen, to explore together what we can do to help strengthen the communities Are you going to look at other specific regions, or that was an exception where you were concentrating on the Midwest? We're, we're looking to get to anywhere that we can reach. With warm weather. <laughs> I see you think like I do, Rabbi Glasser. Well, we have to be inclusive in terms of the broader Jewish community. Understood. Uh, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, Rabbi Ari Sittner are here talking about the Center for the Jewish Future. And it's, so, so it's not just fundraising. When you get a degree in what you just described and when you graduate, aside from the fundraising element, which we know is one of the most important things in the Jewish world, there are other skills, I assume, that you try to teach or try to guide people into. 
Correct. And I think one of the one of the issues uh, that people face often are struggles in their personal life. Uh, when a person is on the board and they've got meetings every other night right. of the week and they, their family starts to suffer, eventually they're going to burn out. Right. How do we proactively prevent that by teaching them skills and strategies to be successful in their personal, their work, and their communal lives, um, as well as uh, issues of dealing with community politics, which from what I understand, there may exist some in the Jewish community. Really? So uh, Never heard that we want to teach people how to um, how to deal with them in a way that they can handle it and, and really be menschlich and bring a, a very um, comfortable, calm environment to board meetings and to community politics. You know, if you go back to the genesis of multiple Jewish communities in this country, in a lot of cases, it was one family who really handled the entire... I mean, there are certain Jewish communities who are known by a family name. Like, that is, you know, you know that if you're here, you know, it, it's the legacy of whatever family it might be, and, and that can't be anymore. I mean, at that point, it was smaller, it was developing. Obviously, this country's Jewish community in general was much smaller, but now we've just got to expand the base. We have to expand the... The, the workload has got to be uh, distributed better. Correct. What a blessing and a challenge to have one person who's going right. to take on the entire load, but everyone else falls by the wayside. And in today's environment, we have a situation where everyone has to step up and do their fair share, help out, contribute, whether it's of their finances or their time, their resources. Um, and everyone is a stakeholder in the community. And that's what we try to convey, that it's not up to the rabbi, it's not up to the board. Everyone has a stake and, and an investment in helping build the future of their yeah, community. Yeah, we keep learning the lesson and hear that uh, people are, are, are listening from so many remote areas of this country. What's the best way for them to reach you or anybody in the CJF on this specific topic? Sitner at yu.edu, S-Y-T-N-E-R. Shoot me an email. Happy to set up a meeting with anyone. Simple as that. All right, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser and Rabbi Ari Sittner are here. And with us live via telephone is Rob Shore, who's the uh, Marketing Communications Director for CJF and directs YU Torah and YU Torah. As we get closer and closer to Shavuos, and Torah really becomes the spotlight of our conversation, is one of the most amazing Jewish educational resources in the world. Rob, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, describe to our audience what YU Torah is. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you could say it's a uh, large online library of shiurim uh, that we have uh, available from YU, from locations outside of YU, uh, from our uh, partners that give us uh, their content. Uh, it's a, it's an online learning tool that you can really use to just learn about anything if you have if you're uh, if you're interested in uh, uh, any topic in, in Jewish thought, halacha. Parsha, it's just limitless. How many lectures would you say YU Torah houses right now? Uh, we're actually hoping to cross the 90,000 mark sometime this week. That is unbelievable. And how many personalities would be among those 90,000? Uh, it's about 1,500 speakers, and that's also a dynamic number. It keeps uh, growing. Baruch Hashem, we have uh, a lot of interest in our site both from users and from uh, speakers. And as, uh, as uh, the calendar goes, people could sort those lectures and shiurim, uh, you know, based on the topic that they're looking for, correct? That's right. We, we try to make it as easy as possible to find what you're looking for. It's a, it's a large library, and we, we, we know the challenge, so that's what we constantly try to improve the site with. Are daily yeshiva shiurim available at YU Torah? Uh, yes. For the most part, uh, we have uh, most of the shiurim that are given at YU on a regular basis, um, along with Marmacomos. Anyone can listen along as if they were sitting in the chair themselves. It's the uh, next best thing to being there. Now, can I ask a question? When I sat in Shear, 
there were a collection of cassette players on every Rebbe's desk. <laughs> That's how it worked. Can, do, do I assume now that these are MP3 players that then get delivered to your New York office, or is it a much more sophisticated system that gets these lectures and shiurim recorded? You'd be surprised. It's it's pretty simple. Um, it is just you, the MP3 players instead of uh, tape recorders. Uh, but we do have a, a large group of volunteers that upload shiurim for us uh, on a daily basis. Um, similar to what you remember in your, from your days in Shear, people sitting in the Shear recording and, and uploading um, for the rest of the world to hear. Unbelievable. And probably on an, at an instant, I would assume, right? The second the Shear is over, you guys basically have it already. Uh, as quickly as possible, sure. Unbelievable. Rob Shore is with us, speaking to us from Israel, directs YU Torah. Is it fair to ask the most downloaded Shear of the 90,000? Is that a fair question? <laughs> <laughs> We we try to, every one of our shirim is a diamond. We try not to uh, play favorites. <laughs> so see, all. Rob's been through the political training of <laughs> Rabbi Sidner. <laughs> so so if I were to ask you who the most uh, downloaded personality is, the 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 Rebbe, the teacher who gets the most attention from your uh, from the people who log on, you would not answer that either. Uh, well, the truth is that's kind of also a, a changing question. It goes from month to month. So it's not a real easy question to answer. Really? It's like a Remy of the Month. I like that. <laughs> the people have spoken, and they have, a, they have diverse opinions about who should be the most popular. As we lead up to Shavuot, is, is this an even more timely conversation because the big holiday of Shavuot is coming up? Is there anything special that YU Torah is doing, or you're operating like any other week? Uh, well, you know, we always try to feature shirim that are relevant to the time. Uh, we have our annual uh, uh, Anne and Rose, uh, Benjamin and Roseberger uh, tour to go, which we have for every holiday. is now coming out for Shavuos. I love those. Should be out the next week. I love those. Um, and uh, besides from that, we try to you know uh, feature and, and showcase as much Shavuos tour as possible. But uh, the Y-Tour is really a 365 uh, day a year operation. It's uh, every day people are coming and learning, uh, you know, for what they're looking for. It really is unbelievable. Is there anything you'd like to accomplish with it that hasn't been done yet? Um, it's just you know continuing the trend of of where the entire internet is going. You know, the internet is, is giving people what they want when they want. Uh, and that's what we're trying to constantly improve and, and, and do uh, better and better. Give people the, the Torah they want, the shear they're looking for, the, uh, the content that they would be most excited about, uh, and to really make it as uh, personalized and as effective as possible. Is there a YU Torah email list that people could sign up uh, so they get your, your regular emails? Uh, sure. There, if you go to the website, we have a uh, sign-in box right on the uh, front page. And uh, we do have a weekly newsletter that goes out, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful resource. Recommended Shirim, timely, stu- timely Shirim, very highly recommended. Will, will, there, that, uh, will there be Yom Yerushalayim Shirim available? Of course. We have, uh, that will be featured as well. Uh, there's really, from A to Z, there's nothing you can't find on Y.E. Torah. Unbelievable. No, it's, there. it's yes, you know, it's amazing. When, when we were at Y.U., <laughs> it's like Y.U. is the largest and greatest concentration of Torah talent in the world. There's no question. And it used to be that that was really reserved for the privileged people who were able to sit in these shiurim and experience... Rav Schechter, Rav Willig, Rav Sobolovsky, all Or these if you made shiurim. a major effort to get a hold of a recording. Exactly. You got a tape of a right. tape of a friend. And you're and, begging people to mail it to you. And what YU Torah has done is it has taken this cadre of talent, and, and they belong to the world now. And no matter where you are, you can wake up in the morning and be sitting in Rav Schechter's shear or Rav Willig's shear or any one of these 1,500 
uh, speakers, and it has completely transformed Torah learning for the Jewish community. And people know that the Shi'urim and Wayu Torah are substantive, they're articulate, they're eloquent, they're relevant. They know that whenever there's an issue going on in the Jewish community, you turn to Wayu Torah and there are going to be Shi'urim featured you know, that, that relate to those themes, that relate to those different topics. You would think that 90,000 shiurim, by the way, are managed by a team of like 20, 25 right. staff members. At and least. the truth is you're talking to all of them right now on the phone. Rob is the one. Rob is the man, just like JM and the AM is managed <laughs> by 20, 30 uh, staff members. You know, it's, um, it's, it's an extraordinary accomplishment. And I think that there are a lot of directions uh, that, you know, with, uh, with Rob's leadership that we are going to head in. Um, in terms of expanding the reach of YU Torah uh, to m- people of different levels of learning mm. uh, so that uh, it could be accessed by people with less background, um, material that could appeal to teenagers, people from different age groups, uh, how to sort through and be able to personalize the system. And uh, really one of the most exciting things that we're working on uh, really involves a partnership between Rob and Rabbi Sittner, uh, which has to do with our Shavuos Empowered Learning Program. Uh, which I really should turn to Rabbi Sittner to describe, because this is really a, you know, one of the advantages of working in a university uh, together with a yeshiva is you have the Torah content and the Torah substance and the spirituality of the yeshiva, and then you have such an extraordinary faculty of researchers and experts on so many aspects of um, different topics, in particular of education. Uh, and when you combine those two worlds, you can take something that is really substantive and innovative and take Talmud Torah and Wayu Torah in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a really new and exciting direction. Rabbi Sidner, you uh, want so to describe we'll it? Turn it over to Rabbi Sidner. Two years ago, Rabbi Brander came to me and presented a challenge and said, Wayu Torah is unbelievable. It's this incredible ocean that you can just spend your life swimming in, full of shiurim and Torah. <laughs> How do we now take it to the next level? And so I had an incredible number of meetings with Rabbi Rob Shore, and we talked about how we can broaden our reach and how we can find new ways to reach people. So after two years of research, what we developed is something that we've just launched less than two weeks ago called Empowered Learning, which you got to do the little hashtag, hashtag Empowered Learning. And the notion of Empowered Learning is instead of just capturing content as we've been doing, let's start producing content in a way that's tailored directly to create a certain experience for the user. So for instance, the questions that some of our Russia yeshiva and scholars and faculty can pose rooted in Jewish text are mind-blowing. And we wanted to take just those questions, just that experience, and say, let's boil that down to a 10-minute video mm. and not give the answer. So that anyone that watches that video just sits back and says, oh, my goodness, that was an incredible presentation. Do people get a chance to... And uh, then what happens next after they watch that video is we give them Makorot in Hebrew and English so that they can study the sources, explore on their own, and then an online discussion forum. And in the last two weeks, people have started watching the videos, reading the sources, and chatting with each other together with the presenters. And then the following week, we release the answer of the presenter followed by a new one. So we had Rabbi J.J. Schachter... Debut this, followed by Professor Smadar Rosenzweig, and next week we have Rav Moshe Tzvi Weinberg. 
And in the last two weeks since we've launched, we've reached 37 countries worldwide and have over 800 people that have subscribed and participated in this program. Unbelievable. So it's a, a tremendous interaction. Encourages people to study on their own, right? Not just watch the video. Exactly. We want people to feel empowered. Not right. that it's a passive experience, which has merit. In today's of distracted course. world of right. multitasking, it's great that I can drive carpool right. while listening to a sheer, right. but to create a new type of experience where you're just able to immerse yourself and be empowered to think instead of being given the answer, what do I think? How do I put myself in the center of the experience to, to discover thoughts as part of this Masora that a great Rosh Hashiva scholar is handing down to me? Rabbi Rob Shore, is this something that people could find when they go to the homepage of the site? Uh, sure. There's a very large banner on the front page as well. Very easy to click on. And that's it. And they can watch the video. Yeah, very seamless, really uh, as easy as possible. Are you amazed by the number of people who have done so already? Uh, it is amazing. I mean, people really are thirsting for Torah, and they uh, are looking for, for const- to constantly grow, uh, and we are privileged to be able to be able to provide that. It's, uh, it's a really great thing for us to be doing. So on this almost era of Shavuos, you call it empowered learning. Correct. And people can check it out. YUTorah.org has all the information, Correct. and you're encouraging people to get involved in this new step of uh, online education. It's, it's really incredible. And we've got an amazing team working with Aliza and Michael and, and Matt and just amazing people that are all collaborating. In a university setting, we have access to such great people that can all work from an educational perspective to figure out how to tailor the material and the experience to, to maximize it so that everyone can benefit most from it. Once it's online, um, it's, it's out there for the user. Everyone's jumping in, and the, there's sort of that Twitter element. The hashtag right. is there to encourage <laughs> an online conversation. We want it to be based in this virtual community of learners. I, I, there's so many more important things going on on Twitter, aren't there? I mean, you know, no, nah, I'm just kidding, of course. What would be more important than Torah study? Um, all right, Rabbi Rob Shore, I thank you very much. I look forward, by the way, to the Shavuos to go. That's something that I will find in the email, right? I'll find the link to that in the email. Sure, of course. Right, so we look we'll forward to that. make sure you see it. Kalakavod to you, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, Rabbi Glasser, Rabbi Sittner, they're up at the Center for the Jewish Future, Yeshiva University. Uh, if you're a community or representative of a community around this country that wants to get involved in a program that could help in terms of the uh, stability and sustainability of your own community, as was described earlier, you could uh, simply write an email to Rabbi Sittner. It's S-Y-T. N-E-R at Y-U.edu, correct? Correct. That'll be the best way. And uh, Rabbi Glasser, of course, we congratulate on his new position as Associate Dean up at CJF and uh, enjoy Germany. I'm sure it'll be a remarkable experience. You've been there before, right? I have not. You had never been there before? I have never been to Germany. This will be your first visit. This will be my first visit, so it's going to be uh, an extraordinary experience to do oh. that along with the students. I'm very... Uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. And uh, a quick update, because I'm sure that we have so many listeners in, in the area of Passaic Clifton. Uh, a quick one-minute update on the Young Israel of Passaic Clifton. Oh, the Young Israel of Passaic Clifton is rocking. Our shul dinner is coming up in a few weeks. The Garaks, the Rothbergers, uh, great honorees. Our foundation is done. Well, that's what people want to know about the building, That's right. right. The building is, uh, the foundation is completely in place. I mean, could it and, start uh, really accelerating this summer? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the winter was not simple, right. but, um, but the foundation is done, and uh, please God, the steel will be going up soon. And the congregation still gathers, it correct? It still gathers, and it still grows, Nachum. We get new members every Even single week. Even in a week. temporary location? Even in a temporary location. How do you explain that, Rabbi Glasser? <sighs> it's the Rebbitson. <laughs> is that what Let's it is? Let's be honest. <laughs> She's amazing, that lady. <laughs>
All right, so there you have it. Young Israel Pasay Clifton continues to grow, and we mean literally as the building <laughs> continues to grow and the congregation, thank God, continues to grow. Uh, enjoy the trip, and happy Shavuos to you, and uh, congratulations. Hope to see you up at the uh, Yeshiva University campus one of these days. Thank you, Nachum, and I look forward to keeping in touch. I appreciate that. Rabbi Sittner, great seeing you. Thank Our you, best to everybody in Des Moines and Charleston when you... Uh, when you speak to them, and uh, and welcome to New York, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, a very comprehensive Jewish area up here. Have you noticed that in your company? I noticed they have a few more kosher restaurants. <laughs> I can imagine. So you didn't answer my question. Des Moines has the deli. What about Charleston? Anywhere to eat or not? There are a couple of, of places, not restaurants at the moment, but there are a couple little dessert-type yeah. places. You can get your cookies and ice cream and Krispy Kreme donuts. If I'm desperate, I will find something in Charleston. You will find something. And there's, there's Southern hospitality, so they'll always take good care of you. Thank goodness. Thank you very much for joining us. 19 minutes before 9 o'clock. We're in hour number three on a JM in the AM Thursday at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. And in Des Moines and Charleston, jmintheam.org.
Jam in the AM. We have uh, an amazing schedule online all day long at jamtheam.org. Book of Life with Charlie Harari. Special guest Tamir Goodman comes up next here at jmtheam.org. Then Miriam L. Wallach will speak on That's Life between 10 and 11 o'clock with Israeli chocolatier Aika Cohen. She recently won the International Chocolate Awards gold medal. Oh, my gosh. I got to get to know her. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, the 9-11 Museum in Lower Manhattan has uh, outraged people with their gift shop, elaborate museum, opening party, and the brand-new restaurant. Zahava Farbman um, will discuss the controversy. She's Associate Director for the High Lifeline Crisis Intervention Trauma and Bereavement Department. And Michael Fragan's going to join Miriam about EMS Week and Hatzala's role in communities and how they work together with law enforcement officials, all happening between 10 and 11 uh, this morning on That's Life. Um, live lunch will be on from 11 until 1, and then Daniel Gordon from 1 until 2 o'clock Eastern time on our stream uh, with two of Yeshiva University's newsmaking coaches, Coach Ira Miller, coach of Yeshiva's men's tennis team and YU's first-ever NCAA tournament team, and Coach Elliot Steinmetz, the newly appointed coach of the YU men's basketball team. They'll both be guests of Daniel Gordon between 1 and 2 o'clock this afternoon on our stream at jmnam.org. want to remind everybody that um, Coats for Cold Kids, the Liba Gabriella Fund, under the leadership of Dr. Sam Lupin, has a program called Coats for Cold Kids, and they're asking everybody out there to participate in a Shavuos Learnathon to support this effort so that they can distribute thousands of coats this upcoming winter to underprivileged kids in Israel. Information about participating uh, in this uh, unique Shavuos Learnathon, go to wizathon.com, wizathon.com slash coats for cold kids, coats for the number four cold kids, wizathon.com slash coats for cold kids, and I hope a lot of people in our audience Take advantage of that opportunity. Reminder, Sunday is the Precious Gems auction down in Florida for Yeshiva Taurus Chaim Taurus Emes. Today is the final day of their early bird special. If you want to participate in their amazing auction, go to ytcteam.org slash auction, ytcteam.org slash auction for more information. JM in the AM. Tomorrow, our weekly update. Malcolm Honline scheduled for 740 tomorrow morning. It's Memorial Day weekend will not stop us from having the weekly update tomorrow, so make sure to be tuned in for that. And um, I hope the weather holds up. The Iron Pigs and the Mud Hens are waiting for us, and Schlockrock, they're waiting for us in Lehigh Valley. Hope the weather holds up. We are going to make an effort to go, and hopefully it won't be rained out. Hopefully we'll have a fabulous night there, and I want to thank them, every, all our hosts out there for the uh, incredible reception we've gotten, and we haven't even gotten there yet, and we've gotten an amazing reception, so thank you. Very special Mazel Tovs, and happy 10th birthday times two to our favorite twins, Shrul Yassi and Chaya Shendel. Mazel Tov to their mommy, Tati, and baby Tzvi Elimelech. Also had a birthday this week. Kinderlach, how did you get to be so big? We are proud of you both. Have a wonderful, special day. Can't wait to see you again. Of course, that's from Bubby and Zadie, Florida, who uh, always make sure to get their happy birthday wishes in here at JM in the AM. Uh, six minutes before 9 o'clock as we start to wrap things up here on a uh, uh, Thursday morning at JM in the AM. This is the uh, brand-new single from Ellie Laufer.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are your, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County, ninety one point nine on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. <laughs> I almost said, our brothers and sisters in Israel, you are our favorite. 
mixing up those lines a little bit. Anyway, uh, that's it for a Thursday here at JM and the M. Thank you to all of our special guests. Special shout-out to the friends of Yachad, who tonight have their inaugural gathering. Happening at 509 West 34th Street in New York City. Go to yachad.org slash yachadrocks for all the information. Tomorrow we're back. Weekly update and more. Make sure to be tuned in. Levy Connors tomorrow on the big cantorial concert that's happening this weekend at the Talmud Torah of Flatbush. Levy Connors, the producer, is scheduled for the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. If you're fascinated by brand new young cantorial uh, singers, make sure to be tuned in tomorrow morning. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.